0: My name is Augustin Passon, and you are listening to Magnolia Tree's podcast all about ethical leadership. Together with Sabina Gromer, the founder of Magnolia Tree, we leverage our network of inspiring individuals from all walks of life to learn from their experiences about leadership. Our goal is to spark thinking on ethics and leadership one podcast episode at a time. I invite you to join me on my journey of personal growth, and I look forward to learning more about leadership alongside you. Well, I guess just to start off, I should go with a personal introduction. So my name is Augustine Passon. I was born in 1998, so I'm still just a young pup. But I've been very dedicated to leadership throughout my whole life. It's something that's engaged me. Whether it's been, you know, when I first kind of got engaged through club and student leadership, which you know pretty much everyone does. But then I, um, I was very fortunate to be accepted to the University of Notre Dame through the Hesburgh-Yusko program, which is a student leadership program, and kind of ever since then. Ethical leadership and leadership in general has been a focus of both my study and my career. And just, you know, even through Magnolia Tree now, I'm very leadership focused and spend a lot of my time thinking, talking to people and recording podcasts about leadership. And I guess that's kind of it for a self-introduction. Maybe I should mention that I will also be going to China next year in order to study at the Yenching Academy, where I will be furthering my business and management understanding um, with a master's program in Beijing. So that I think that kind of wraps it up for the personal introduction. So
1: Gaston and I, uh, my name is Sabine Gromer, we met because you were looking for an internship to foster your German, actually, to yeah. nurture some German skills, which I found incredibly brave because German is a very difficult language to learn. And so you and I actually got connected and we connected even more when you came to Vienna uh, to do an internship here and after becoming friendly and when Corona hit, you called me one day and you said, I'm so bored. Can't I help you with the company that you're creating? Yeah. And uh, that was a win-win situation <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, because we share an equal passion, which is leadership. And more than that, we define it as ethical leadership. Right. Um, and I think It's incredible that we have an opportunity that you are hosting podcasts and conversation on ethical leadership.
0: And you you wanted then to talk about the purpose of the podcast. So
1: what Augustine and I are going to do now is we are trying out an experiment. It's something that I use in every one of my coaching sessions. So we're going to go into stillness for a couple of minutes to make sure that we focus ourselves on the task at hand, which is to introduce ourselves to you and to make sure that we get our key message and our passion for the topics across to you in a way that makes you want to listen to what our amazing interviewees have to say. So Augustine, what do you think? How many minutes should we do? Typically, uh, I start, the the, the easy dose is around about one and a half to two minutes. I think one and a go half go sounds higher. good. <laughs> so I, I use an app for this, of course. Um, and it's a nice app because it actually has, a, a, you know, some, some, some sounding bowls. And so it will sound at the beginning and it would sound at the end. And you said one and a half minutes? Yeah. All right. So let's try it out. And for anyone listening, we're inviting you to just... Take part if you want in one and a half minute stillness. I actually think that our meetings would be so much more effective if we started every meeting with just a minute of silence. It makes That's such not a, a bad difference.
0: Idea. Yeah. No, yeah, we should try that, definitely. It, it, it helps you organize your thoughts a little bit going into stuff.
1: Yeah, and you really arrive, you really become present as well, which is something yeah. I enjoy. So, Augustin, I'm based in Vienna. So, I'm talking to you from Vienna. Where are you right now?
0: I am uh, halfway in my girlfriend's house in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I just graduated from university and uh, I've been in a whirlwind of a weekend of moving out figuring out what's going on next and then um, getting boxes and getting boxes moved
1: and you're gonna move again very soon and of course I think because you're the host it would be great if you if you say a bit more on where you're gonna move to and a little bit more about your life if you want yeah
0: sure so um I was a student at the University of Notre Dame up until two days ago, (laughs) Um, and since then I've moved to Chicago for very temporarily, and then I will be moving to a cabin in the middle of the woods in Wisconsin for (laughs) potentially three to four months. Uh, My parents retired very recently and decided they wanted to live in the wilderness, Um, so that's where I will be while I wait to get a visa uh, to go to China where I will be going to Beijing to study at Peking University to do a a China studies and business management degree.
1: It's very exciting times for you.
0: Yeah, it's, there's a lot going on, you know, times it feels like the carpet's kind of been pulled out from under your feet, and you're you're trying to figure out what's going on next. But it's exciting, too. It's definitely a lot more active and a lot more mobile (laughs) than it has been for the past four years, which has been pretty, pretty stationary, pretty much, uh, Staying in the same place in, in, in South Bend, Indiana.
1: Yeah, and studying and learning.
0: Yeah, a lot and, of studying.
1: <laughs> and this is, in fact, how, how we met as well. So, you know, what might be helpful, actually, is I was just thinking the purpose of this introduction is for us to share with our listeners, why did we create this podcast in the first place, and how do we select the people we invite to, to talk to us, and why, <laughs> and how yeah. do we do it? So we're going to get to answering all of those questions. Augustine, (laughs) where do you think we should start?
0: No, I think I'll just go right into answering them, I think. Um, You know, what became very abundantly clear to me during my time in university was that um, there's a real lack of leadership and high-quality ethical leadership in firms in general right now. And as a young individual and an aspiring leader, it's very difficult to find role models and to find mentors who can guide you through the journey of becoming an ethical leader, of becoming a morally sound leader. Um, And while there are a lot of resources out there, It's hard to synthesize all of them because there's just this huge pool of very varied opinions on what is the correct way to approach leadership. And that's not really how I wanted to approach it was just through books and whatnot. Not that reading about leadership is bad, but um, I felt like I wanted to kind of take this youthful energy that I've got right now um, and approach people who are very experienced in leadership, who are friends or maybe not friends, but are friends to be, contacts, and just Anyone I can get my hands on who I respect as an individual who has a strong dedication to incorporating ethical and moral values into their leadership, either through lived qualities, either through study, either through, you know, however they want to introduce that into their leadership styles. And I wanted to be able to like come at it through an interview format um, that takes the, the form of more of a dialogue And get to hear how they approach leadership, what they do, what they don't do, and learn from that. And hopefully along the way, get to share that knowledge with a bunch of other people because it's useful for me. I need that information. But there's also a lot of other young people like me who aspire to be, you know, very passionate leaders who maybe don't have access to the network that I do, um, or, you know, maybe don't have the time to seek those people out.
1: And I think you mentioned something really important, actually, a couple of aspects that I want to hone in on a little bit, because you mentioned learning about leadership in books, and I would add courses to that. Right. And the way that I would describe that is that, in a way, is borrowed knowledge, because you have someone who tells you how it's supposed to be versus lived knowledge. Right. And so I think that that is very important because a lot of leadership and real leadership quality comes from reflecting on lived knowledge. And at the same time, though, when someone like me who has been thinking about the leadership space for two decades or more does these interviews, I don't come from a clean slate I have a lot of bias and a lot of assumptions and filters already built in into my, my thinking and my language. And so for me, the beauty was with you selecting the people you want to talk to. And, you know, we would talk a bit about the process and how we do that together. But selecting the people you talk to is an important process. But also in the dialogue, it's it's really great that you are free to ask any question that, that just comes to mind no, at that point right when, when when so-called experts might not be able to ask those questions so that's no. why I, I love I love that we decided to do this setup as opposed to a setup where yeah that I would say is the more traditional setup right and that a lot of people don't understand well Sabina you're the founder of the company, why are you not recording the podcast right. but the reason why I don't want to do this is because I think you get to a much deeper level into a different level. Given your passion and given what you call youthful energy, what I call is an inner radar and wisdom
0: oh, and a drive as, for authenticity. As David said, I, I can be the um the happy fool. I can come in with pretty much any question because I have no strong foundation and I can ask the questions that would be embarrassing maybe for you to ask or that you maybe couldn't get away with asking as you know an experienced leader. But it was one of the things I was talking about with Colleen about too was that there is so much vocabulary around leadership right now whether it be you know these acronyms or or whatever that no one's going to know it all and it's nice that I can just come in and be like I have no idea what the hell you're talking about you're going to have to you're going to have to explain that for me cuz there's a lot of people out there who, who don't know it even experienced leaders.
1: And it's so liberating when you're able to do that, actually. Building on this, tomorrow we're going to release an article. So for the listener, it's uh, it's the end of May. By the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be published. But we're releasing an article on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's a real basic one-stop shop article. So if you don't know what does diversity mean, what does equity mean, if you don't know the studies, if you don't know the sort of fundamental basics... And you want to find out, you can do that by reading this article, because we find in, in, in a lot of our work that what you just shared is very true. We often use words, but we haven't filled them with real meaning right. and a real understanding and a common understanding, right? Or a common oh. definition.
0: I mean, one of my uh, closest friends in university was a professor by the name of Carsten Dutt, and that was his field of research was um, the difference between understanding and knowledge. And his his feeling was that knowledge is overly abundant right now, whether it be through classes, whether it be through through courses. And he defines knowledge as, as you know material that you study from a textbook but don't internalize. Whereas understanding is, is living it, applying it in a real setting, seeing how it works, and then coming to fully understand how to best utilize that. And that's what I really want to present through the course of this podcast is kind of a really understood approach to leadership from people who really understand how to apply this leadership knowledge. And we'll give you like real life examples and, and kind of, you know, experiential advice.
1: And you made a broad statement earlier about ethical leadership, which I think is is true. It rings very true to me as well um, that there is a leadership, in my words, a leadership crisis that it's really difficult to find role models uh, in the sphere. And I think the reason for that is because good people have to make difficult Decisions, And I'm actually quoting a title of one of my favorite books on ethical leadership, which is actually called How Good People Make Tough Choices. And one of the uh, one of the items Rushworth and Kidder makes abundantly clear in this book that I just want to share um, with our listeners is that we often believe ethical leadership is about making a decision between a good option and a bad option. But that's not actually true. The tough decisions are often between a good option and another good option. And oftentimes we are tangled in different dimensions and paradigms, almost opposite. So he says, for instance, we have to make a decision between truth versus loyalty. Mm-hmm. We have to make a decision between an individual interest and a community interest. We have to make a decision between short-term and long-term goals and um, targets. And then, of course, there's the question, what is more important, justice versus mercy? So those are his four paradigms. And I think he's so right because these elements create real dilemmas. And for us to talk to people who we believe... In all their humanity, I should say, right, because we know we're all on some level floored human beings and we all have our shadow sides and we have our positive sides, yeah. but we believe that the people we selected or will select for these podcasts are actually people who live their own definition of ethical leadership and are in a position to explain to others how they do it and what was their trial and error path to finding yeah. some of those answers, right?
0: No, and I think, you know, one of the approaches I've always had to kind of morals and spirituality and whatnot throughout the course of my life, and I'm going a little bit roundabout, but don't worry, I'll get back to my point, <laughs> is that, you know, <laughs> you are presented in life with so many different approaches to solve a problem. And it's not that there's only one right answer. Oftentimes, there's a multitude, a comp- like a very complex different solutions to the exact same problem and none of them are wrong. They're all correct. And it kind of comes down to what do you like to do the best? What do you want to absorb? What do you want to build? What's the what's the ethical guidelines that you want in your own life? And that's part of what I hope we can get. Like you said, you know, we have all these people who are going to come on the podcast and who have come on the podcast because we're recording this a little bit after the fact. Yeah. Um, and they present their own solutions to problems and they're different a lot of the time. And they have different spiritualities. They have different mindsets on how to approach things. And the idea isn't that you need to copy them all perfectly. Um, It's that you get to experience these people who have really strong ethical backgrounds in their leadership. And you can, at least the way I'm approaching it, because I am learning along this journey as well, is here's these things you can select from them and incorporate into your own leadership styles. And I, I think those are things that can be absorbed at any level of leadership. you don't have to be a complete beginner like me. Even experienced leaders you know have opportunity to growth. everyone always has opportunity to grow um, and I hope I hope it, it's beneficial to everyone along their leadership path.
1: And I think building on this foundation, one of the items that was also quite key for us early on is we don't think the world needs another podcast of how to. Right. So how to be this and that, how to achieve this and that. There are, there are so many great podcasts around here around that topic. What we would like to inspire is for everyone to find out what is authentic to them and to maybe inspire you to think about the tough choices that you have to make every day and whether they truly align with your inner ethics. And if they don't, what is it that you could change? Because my assumption is you are a multiplier. When you find your way to listening to our podcast, I'm pretty sure just like our clients, you're a tipping point leader and you truly care about having a span of influence for the positive, whatever that means in your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And i think that that is very important and this is why we made these conversations not uh, like a panel discussion in fact we focus on a circular competence based conversation and hierarchy right, right? Um, there is two of you in a conversation but you're both competent in your own right and you right. both have an equality dialogue on the no side-
0: you know I-, I think that's a really important word that you brought up uh, dialogue because you know, a lot of the times, I think throughout even just the course of this recording, we, we've used the term interview kind of interchangeably with dialogue. but. I think these podcasts are really more dialogues on leadership than they are interviews. It's not meant to be a one-way, just me asking questions to whoever I have on that week. It's meant to be this free-form conversation about leadership where we go into both of our ethical stances on, on, on any given problem or on any given thought.
1: Yeah. Now, we talked a little bit about uh, our selection process. I, I think we should just build a little bit more on that. Right now, season one is very much friends and, in your case, even family. Yeah. So people who are role models, either for me or already for you, yeah. um, we have quite a w- wide range, I would say, from academia to big corporations, the former head of ethics for Boeing, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, we have very influential thought leaders in leadership and leadership development. We have teachers <laughs> we have ngo leaders i mean these are just some of the yeah. people i could think of we have your dad on and
0: we have um, a meditation has, guru even <laughs>
1: meditation guru so so what we did and i think by design you you say it in, in the introduction of every podcast right we want to talk to people of different walks of life who for us in their individual span are leaders yeah and are no. influencing systems. And those are the people we really we really select and we choose. And because we believe that they have something to say on the subject of ethical leadership that is helpful.
0: Oh, absolutely. I didn't want to, coming into this, I didn't want to be the guy who just goes to you know the ceo of of whatever company or the the top level executives in whatever company and just interview them for their leadership skills cuz uh, i don't think that really encapsulate and encapsulates what leadership is leadership isn't necessarily being the ceo or a, an executive of a firm it's really you know, an approach to life, in some ways, and, and at whatever position you're in, you can apply those, th- these thoughts to and these these approaches to. And I wanted to kind of bring people on the podcast who people might not traditionally think of as like a, a traditional leadership role as well. For example, like a teacher or or like a meditation guru, that those might not be traditionally what you think of as like a, a a stock and standard leader, but they have tons of leadership experience, whether it be like, it's not easy to take care of 10 kids in the classroom and and, and guide them through whatever it may or be. 20 or uh, 20
1: or 20 or
0: 30 or 40. Whoever, it just gets worse <laughs> the higher you go. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to learn from that, too, um, and, and apply that to leadership and to, to a, a comprehensive idea of what ethical leadership is
1: and i think this also speaks very much to our drive yeah to not name drop is that a fair way of saying it no i think Um, so for someone who knows magnolia tree this might sound very controversial because those of us who already know me and and the company you will know that i consider myself a you know executive uh, leadership whisperer (laughs) (laughs) and i do work exclusively with leaders of strategy but I work with the brave ones and those who are really interested in creating dignified change for their system or for for themselves and we we go into very deep transform transformation paths and in that we are already quite selective equally as selective as I think we are in this podcast we are quite selective on who we work with um and I think maybe in season two uh if I look at our list there, there, there might some, there might be some CEOs that we do bring on, yeah, but man. we don't make the assumption that just because you're the top dog in a system, you are the most experienced in leadership. Actually, what we often find, and I know, I'm sure you talk about this with Rocky as well. Yeah, one of the things we often find is that unlike any other trade, unlike any other profession, leadership is oftentimes not taught, or if it's taught, it's underdeveloped or undertaught. So we yeah. don't have a, a requirement, a certificate, a uh, an exam you have to take to prove that actually <laughs> you really no, should be I leading people. Yeah. And so, so I think that, that that is a part of a long winded answer to say, yeah, Quite by design, season one, actually. I don't think we feature a single CEO in season one.
0: Uh, I don't. No, No, I don't don't think think we do. I don't think we do. And I should say it's, it's still season one. We haven't name dropped yet, but you know, maybe we'll jump the shark later on and try and get some names on the podcast.
1: I mean, to be honest, we have, uh, there, there is a couple of people um, that I would really like to bring on because for me, they are role models and yeah. uh, I, you know, I have some insight into how they lead their, their sometimes very large organizations. And I think they do an amazing job. So definitely probably for season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, But coming back to to the podcast itself and the motivation, and then I would say even more your experience. So you've you've recorded a number of the podcasts already for season one. Is there just one insight that you say, wow, that really surprised me or I did not expect that at all?
0: You know, one thing that I've been harping on a lot And and it's something I've mentioned, you know, as I've gone on through the podcast with different members. But I think the um, incorporation of like meditation into leadership is something I was very surprised by. And and a lot of different people kind of called it by different names. But whether it be like, you know, going for extended walks in just silence and like reflecting or just having space in your day to be self-reflective or literally going through a mindfulness meditation exercise. Almost everyone that I've talked to so far who I have considered to be a really high level ethical leader has some moment, whether it be daily or weekly, at least regularly, where they take to just self-reflect or to just be in silence or just to think. And that was surprising to me because, you know, I think what I, what you hear a lot um, from leadership is just, it's just go, 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 you know, always trying to stay busy, always being, you know, efficient with your time. And, you know, whether it be the Pomodoro <laughs> strategy or whatever it is, um, I was surprised to hear that a lot of people were really strongly recommending just taking a solid amount of time to yourself in the day. Um, and I thought that was powerful. And, and, and you know, I I won't lie. I haven't been so great about doing it myself, but I'm trying to incorporate it in more. Um, and, and it's really nice to take a moment just to, to sit down and, and think about, you know, why you're doing something rather than what do I need to do next
1: yeah yeah i completely agree and i think the stillness i mean there's so much science and research out there but really practicing it even just like you and i did for the beginning um before before we started this conversation for real it's very helpful because it does keep us focused and as the the podcast recordings went on how did your interview style change or you know what what you did know, you introduce that was fun or, you know, how do you keep it interesting? There's three questions in one for you.
0: No, it was interesting because when I when I started out, um, I was kind of like, oh, God, I have no structure for this. What am I going to do? Like, I, I, I don't have questions pre-planned. I don't have anything. This is just going to be off the cuff. Can I handle this or not? And I had that first interview with Rama and... It went really well. <laughs> Just not having a plan worked out far better than I could have expected. Um, and it was interesting because as I started to go into like more of the middle recordings, I tried to introduce more of like a structure and like a back and forth. And and when I did that, I I found it didn't it worked worse. It, it didn't improve the quality. Um, we did do some fun stuff, like we introduced like fun personal questions and stuff, and I really liked that. But then I tried to introduce more structured questions to it. And I felt like it just kind of ended up being chunky. Um and it it, it kind of broke up the conversation and it didn't let it flow. And it went much better when I was just, you know, having a conversation, you know, and, and interjecting when I felt like I wanted to ask a genuine question rather than having some pre-planned question that I I tried to force through. Um and and I really like, and, and it's interesting because I went through this arc, you know, where at the beginning it was unstructured. Middle, it was more structured, though so <laughs> still pretty loose. Um, and then at the end, I've kind of come back to having more free form and less planned because I just think it goes so much better. And I think for the message, we're trying to have two um, with like the dialogues on leadership, actually having a dialogue, an open unplanned dialogue is much more in character um, than trying to force anything.
1: Yeah. And um, for the listeners, um, I have a couple of thoughts, what I would recommend, but you as the host, what would you recommend the listeners do? Or what is the maybe inner mindset that they should put themselves in while they listen? Do you have any
0: thoughts? Yeah, I would say... You know, for strategies <laughs> um to get better at leadership, I think the biggest thing for me is find a mentor. That's kind of what I've I've come away with after interviewing all these really phenomenal people is you start to realize like, "Oh, wow, they really have a lot they can say." And it's not like any of them are, well, I won't say any of them, but um most of them are not going on to write books about their what their leadership style and what they're doing. Most of them don't have podcasts. Most of them don't have you know YouTube or whatever, um, they just live that leadership style. And, and it's kind of, you know, it makes me sad because I think about how many people there are who just must be unbelievable, like God sent miracles to the leadership sphere, who are just, you know, working in a small company and never share their knowledge with anyone um, outside of maybe like a, a few young incoming people. Um, and I think that's that's a real opportunity lost. Um, so in your own life, for the listeners, I would highly recommend you keep an eye out for people that you maybe just intuitively think is a really great leader. That someone that always, you know, is present, who is great at conversation, who really makes you feel valued and heard. Keep an eye out for those people and try and try and leech on to <laughs> try and try and get stuck to them, try and learn all that you can from them, because um, I think there's too much emphasis put on nowadays, like reading and listening to podcasts. And I, I know that's counterintuitive because I'm, I'm trying to get you guys to listen to the podcast, but there's a lot of emphasis put on, you know, taught knowledge, like we talked about earlier, when there's so much space for learning in a one-on-one interaction with with a wonderful person who you know will eventually become a good friend of yours like you have become a good friend of mine sabina um so so that's my one biggest takeaway from the podcast and, and the one piece of advice that i recommend to anyone listening
1: i think my advice would be as you listen to the podcast try to stay in a space where you're not comparing So it doesn't become competitive or it triggers you in a way where you go into a place of saying, oh, I'm not good enough, or I could never do that. Because I think we have a lot of that on social media, especially. What I would say is listen, listen to it with a small inner critic. So ask yourself yourself. How would I do this? Do I actually agree with this? Does this make sense? Um, Could I I challenge this assumption? And if I like this statement, then think about, okay, how could I incorporate that in my life? Or am I already incorporating it in my life? We lose so much energy by drawing comparisons with other people. And we lose so much individuality and we lose our own potential and strength by doing that right um one of the one of, one of the courses you and I've been talking about and I know we will do it one day we've just been so busy because we've been growing so fast but uh, one of the courses that Augustine and I've been talking about is to actually offer something for early 20-something-year-olds who are yeah. maybe just graduating and talking to them about what I wish I knew about career. And one of the things that for me are actually really critical here is, um, it's it's a small story, but you lose so much energy when you look to the left and to the right that you could really use to just look forward so that that would be more inward,
0: <laughs> and inward.
1: Yeah, absolutely inward i mean i'm a coach that's kind of occupational hazard i think uh right <laughs> to recommend that to people yeah but you're right
0: not to sound too cheesy <laughs> No, but
1: it's totally true i completely agree with that
0: one question time. Okay. Are you where you wanted to be at this stage of your life? Um, how has your life path varied from what you anticipated five or 10 or 15 years ago? You know, it's interesting because 15 years ago was quite a long time <laughs> for me. I believe I was seven years old at the time. Um, yeah, I really am where I wanted to be at this stage of my life. You know, university was interesting and it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. You know, and I I, being in COVID, especially it was not the social interaction that I thought it would be either. But I really learned it was more of an opportunity for me to learn what I wanted to study and what I wanted to pursue um, and what I didn't want to pursue rather than it was a a strong learning opportunity. Um, And I definitely built a really good, solid foundation of, of study and whatnot. But I don't think I got to hit what I really was passionate about. And that's why I'm super excited for where I am right now going next year to, to, to Beijing to study China, and to study business management, because those are exactly what I want to be studying. That's exactly the passion point that I've built over the course of my four years in university. Um, as for how has my life path varied from what I anticipated five years ago? I had no idea I would get a master's. I was so done with 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 academia and with studying when I was uh, a senior in high school, doing all the IB exams and everything. I just wanted this to end as soon as possible. So it's funny that I'm now, um, you know, going an additional two years to get a master's degree when I never thought I would get past undergrad ten years ago. You know, now it's getting tricky because ten years ago I would have been thirteen years old, and back then. I think what I really wanted to do was be an astronaut (laughs) and it's still (laughs) secretly a deep set, a, a deep set little, um, dream of mine is to be an astronaut and hopefully in my lifetime space travel will open up a lot so it won't be as intense like i don't have to be a navy seal with two phds (laughs) or whatever to get on a plane to go and uh let my bone density decrease lastly 15 years ago seven years old i don't even remember what i was doing when i was seven years old i guess i just moved to hong kong when i was seven and I was very sleep deprived because I was reading books until 3 or 4 a.m. every night. I got way too into reading. But I remember uh, Flat Stanley was very, very big. I, that's that's a deep cut. I don't know if anyone's going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but what, what what did I want to do when I was seven? I don't even know it was so long ago. So I guess I'll leave that one open-ended. But I assume he'd probably not be expecting me to be pursuing a master's degree in China studies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. So, how should we do it for me? Do you want me? To I guess I get to pick number? the number
0: too, because you're also kind of know the question. So it's only fair that I get. <laughs> uh, to yeah,
1: whatever, whatever works for you. I'm cool. I'm game. Okay,
0: uh, this is one I've actually wanted to ask a lot of people. So I'll just force you to do it. Fantastic. Because <laughs> no one's picked this number yet. Um, number eighteen. <laughs>
1: Okay, but you have to read it. I don't have it. Okay,
0: I'll read it aloud for you. Number 18 (laughs) is, in what areas are you happy to be good enough?
1: In what areas am I happy to be good enough? Uh, You know... That that is a really difficult question for me to ask. Is, because on a scale of ambition from one to one hundred, I'm a hundred and I drive learning a lot. So I, I really I always think that I could be better. But there is definitely one area that I can think of where I'm totally cool with where I'm at, which is cooking. Uh, <laughs> I think cooking. I mean, you've been to our house. Cooking, cooking is one thing where I'm totally okay with the level that i You do, right
0: you now. do have that interesting machine, though. I remember in the corner that yeah, like yeah, cooks yeah. We, everything we a, for you. It's like a weird.
1: Yeah, we have a we have a, spot. we have a we have a machine that that does that. That is true. Um, let not advertised the name, but yeah, it's um, uh, my friends calling cooking without soul. Um, which is true but even that sometimes is too much for me so what we actually have is we have a um a personal chef who brings cooked meals twice a week to our house. And I'm completely cool with that. This goes against my family tradition and the role women would have in in my family background, which if you don't know it is, um, you know, I come from a very small minority of people that live very traditionally and um, I, you know, a, a very, very strict patriarchic uh, system, as I mentioned earlier. So I'm, I, I guess, the reason why I'm totally cool with not being able to cook is because it's a bit, uh, you're part of my inner rebel. <laughs> I'm, no, saying, I, I, I'm not conforming.
0: You're, you're right. You're, you've got me following right along because I always this is I've thought about this extensively, and if I ever get ridiculously rich, the two things that I want are a full time personal chef. And a full-time personal trainer. Those are the only things I need because I cannot get myself to work out. It sucks, um, and I hate cooking. So <laughs> having those two, but I love eating. So it's a it's a real double. I know, standard.
1: I know, I know. I, to- I totally totally hear what you're saying. No,
0: that so works.
1: hey, this this was fun actually. Wow, yeah. what would you? Now I'm really sorry if you but I'm really curious. What would you answer to that question? Is that also you know, cooking and training? Those are no, the-
0: you know, it's funny because I've thought about this and technically what you have to be happy being good enough at it's like the vast vast majority of everything that exists because yeah. like every like everyone's super specialized that's 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 the nature of life but there's so many things that you just can never learn or get around to like being a jazz musician i have to be good enough happy enough with being good enough at being a jazz musician because going to be a jazz musician um but i think one thing that like i i actively utilize a lot but i have to be happy being good enough at is it's ironic because a lot of what i do in my work is social media Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm pretty happy i i it's interesting because i've had a weird year this year working with you where a lot of what i do is social media oriented like working with the podcast and all that stuff but I never personally used social media prior to that like I was pretty much like from the dark ages in terms of social media so it, that's one thing I am kind of happy about is like right now I only use social media for the for for magnolia tree and i don't really use it outside of that and i'm very happy being good enough to do social media (laughs) for magnolia tree but not have to do it um full time or like in my personal life
1: what i also think is there's got to be an element in almost everything that you do where you feel you know what i'm good enough yeah right just this question i mean it can be actually quite deep i think because it has a lot to do with self-esteem
0: Right. And Am I no. ready
1: to put myself out there? You yeah. know, that, uh, that, you know, with a lot of the things that I'm working on sort of behind closed door, I'm not yet ready to actually go out because I don't feel good enough for right. it. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage to just say, you know, this is just like coaching. Coaching is my passion. Um, helping people grow is my passion. So right. I'm, Good enough now to 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 live that talent. No, and I can always build on it, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the level? I think that's a really deep question.
0: No, and I At always like class. it's kind of making me think about. Are you familiar? I think it's called the Dunning Kruger effect. Are you familiar with that? No, where it's like essentially there's this this kind of I, I guess you'd call it like a line of competency um, where like when you start learning a new skill. Initially, uh,
1: ten thousand hours.
0: No, it's not day? that. It's more like right when you start learning a new skill and you start to get like a very small level of proficiency, you yeah. think you're great. You think you're awesome. You think you're the best. Like, I mean, um, that's and because like, are motivated, it,
1: right?
0: Yeah, 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 right. But it's a, it's frustrating because for people who have actual competency, they think you're <laughs> an idiot. Um, and then you hit a point where you like get deeper into mastery, and you realize, God, I'm awful at this. Um. And then you start to, like, achieve a level of true mastery matched with true confidence. Um, And I think that's, like, the interest, that's the hard part, at least being young, like myself, is, like, I'm very much, like, I'm past the Dunning-Kruger point where I'm, like, oh, I'm great at leadership, (laughs) you know. Um, And I've gotten to the point where it's, like, God, I'm getting better, but I'm still pretty awful. Um, And that's the way it is for, like, a lot of things in my life right now. Um, So I'm looking forward to getting a higher level mastery and feeling
1: better. And actually closing us out, that reminds me of a conversation you and I had a bit more than a year ago, actually. I don't know if you remember, we were driving in Austria in a car and you asked me the question on how do I get better at leadership? Yeah. And I made maybe a bit of a brutal comment, but by saying we learn leadership by leading yeah but i believe that and connecting that to something you said earlier a bit jokingly but actually i think it's true it's by by experiencing it and having this inner reflection yeah so looking inward as well and i think in the circular motion of experience and reflecting experience and reflecting and no. looking for opportunities to uh to influence no. we can do no. so much more than we think we do and There seems to be an opening right now, or an opportunity at least, coming out of this crisis slowly to take stock and to to change. And I'm not quite sure which direction we're going to take. It's more of a gut feeling. But I, I do think right now we are at a tipping point. And the decisions we make individually will have a huge impact collectively. And so... To all of you listeners out there, just don't underestimate your own scope and span of influence and be that maybe small, maybe slightly bigger spark that initiates and ignites something bigger. That would be just wonderful.
0: No, that was a great comment. I think, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head and I think that's a great closing point so I won't drag it on too much longer.
1: Perfect. Well, this was or fun y'all. to
0: do. Yeah, we
1: were actually. We should disclose that we were dragging this out for weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, more than (laughs) more than weeks.
1: Both of us. I don't know why, but you know, nerve wracking. Yeah, no, and it's never easy to record yourself, right? No, yeah. To interview someone, but to to record yourself in a dialogue and to do this with some performance mindset and expectations, I think is never easy, Um, but I'm glad that we finally did it. And I just personally, I think what I really want to close with Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I could see that you you wanted to get a word in, which sometimes.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to say like but, this yeah. was literally we must have canceled at least eight times. Um, at least. And I think like you just said, it's that performance anxiety where it's weird because I have no fear going into recording with someone else but there's something about when it's like us and it's going to be the face of the podcast and like this is the first episode or whatever you know we were supposed to record this before we recorded any of yes. the other podcasts and now it's like pretty much at the end of the season we're finally recording it um,
1: well I, I guess right we want to convince people to listen to uh, to, to this podcast we care yeah. deeply about it and so we want to make sure that we give you the right buzz and the right energy. Yeah. So that you oh. are, you're really intrigued and Absolutely. you actually want to listen. So I feel a weight of responsibility on us. And this yeah. performance anxiety definitely hit me. No. Um, so, yeah, full disclosure this is not <laughs> always easy stepping on the stage in the way that we do and in the way that you do by doing this podcast.
0: No, even is not for. Easy even for both of us where you you've got years of leadership experience decades. And, uh, you know, I have a complete background in like public speaking and being on stage and, you know, interviews and whatnot. It, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to, to take that step, but if you take it, hopefully it'll turn out good. Even if it doesn't, there's something that's to be learned.
1: Well, we really hope that uh, you leave comments, you leave likes, uh, what do they always say on social media? Share, like, like uh, comment, share, like, whatever. and su- like,
0: share and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: no, seriously, just subscribe. Give us some feedback. We we love we love to hear from you. We love to hear how you find the talks. If you have suggestions for people we should talk to, we'd love to hear those too. Engage with us on on our content. That would be just wonderful. But most importantly, Augustine, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and commitment for recording a season one in the way that you did and for actually in a way going also to a vulnerable place of sharing what you don't know which most of us naturally try to avoid <laughs> so i applaud your bravery i uh
0: well, in, I, the, in the I, words I, of I Socrates, the only thing I know for certain respect. is that I know nothing at all.
1: <laughs> and, and you know what? We use this quote so often, but how many people really live by it? So thank you for doing that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who agreed to be interviewed and who will agree to be uh, in, in a dialogue with us around ethical leadership. Uh, it's wonderful to, to talk to you. And we hope that we, we get to experience many of you listeners as well. So thank you so much. And uh, wherever you are, have a good day. You've been listening to the Inspiring Brave Leaders podcast by Magnolia Tree. This is Daliana Elieš, the editor of the podcast. Feel free to reach us or visit our website for more bursts of inspiration around leadership. You can find a link for our website and our social media platforms in our bio. Thank you for tuning in.